Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Patrick, your co-host and producer for Podcast by the Bay. We are celebrating over 100 episodes. We did have a short time that we were off the air, primarily due to the COVID. We are starting out this year with the uh, interview for the 15th Congressional District held currently by Jackie Spear since the year 2008. 2008. She has represented the Bay Area on many issues um, in, in this in this uh, congressional district, whether it had to do with housing, whether it had to do with uh, lesbian gay rights, whether it had to do with health care, whether it had to do with uh, human rights. She has definitely been an outstanding congressional person. It's going to be very, very difficult to fill her shoes. So stay tuned. We have four interviews. Um, those four candidates are upcoming. There was only one candidate that we're still out there trying to get an interview, and that's Kevin Mullins. Due to his busy schedule, we've been unable to set a time for him to him to interview, but we look forward to it after November 7th. Please stay tuned. Give us your response back. We look forward to your response on our interviews. The interview should be up shortly. Thanks again for listening to Podcast by the Bay. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. Uh, we're almost in uh, the November, or not the November, the primary coming up here in June. I have the honor of interviewing Supervisor David Canova, who represents District 5. He's the past president in the year 2021. He covers Brisbane, Broadmoor, Coma, Daly City, South San Francisco, and parts of San Bruno. It's nice to be back in Daly City, the home that I grew up in, Westlake. Also, I'm going to start out with a quote from John F. Kennedy. Uh, Effort and courage are not enough without a purpose and a direction. David Canepa is running for Congress. He's running for Jackie Spears, which is District 15. Okay. Uh, Congressman Jackie Spears has been in office since the year 2008, so we've got quite a long time of a legacy. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. David Canepa, I think, he grew up in San Mateo County. Um, he also uh, spent some time in Pacific, and I'm also assuming he spent some time in Daly City. He was also a former city council and mayor in Daly City, too. Isn't that right, David? That's right. Okay. Um, we're going to start out, why are you running? Yeah. I, know, I, I know you were the first announced candidate, uh, and I congratulate you on yeah. that, because that seems to be the trend now, and you were aggressively out there fighting for it. So why are you running? Well, look, I, I think we learned a lot during the uh, pandemic. And thank you, uh, Patrick, for, for having me today. I think uh, what we learned in the pandemic is that county and the county's role in the pandemic uh, really had a profound impact on people's lives. Talk about number one in vaccinations in the state of California, maybe in the United States. Talking about um, a crisis of two years where hundreds and maybe even thousands of businesses have gone under and the, the county uh, through creativity uh, making sure that we are able to feed our seniors but at the same time uh, keep small businesses and restaurants afloat. Um, I understand uh, what a hospital means to a community and to San Mateo County and in fact to San Francisco County and uh, three months before uh, the pandemic seeing hospitals on the verge of closure and we were able to save seeing hospital, make no mistake about it. And so, isn't it rather ironic that Governor Newsom then says, I want to make seeing hospital a COVID-19 hospital for the Bay Area. So I think it's all that experience, um, really focusing um, on public health, focusing on issues around um, 
uh, businesses and issues on what the county has done around the pandemic uh, that puts me in a unique position uh, for this seat. Well, you know, first of all, you've got local city council and, and uh, board of supervisors. What leadership skills do you bring that maybe some of your opponents don't bring? Well, look, I think, one, it's, um, you know, Congressman Spears' uh, shoes are going to be hard to fill, but I think I can fill them. Um, I mean, when we talk about aud- audacious, um, audacity, and to do um, things that are courageous, um, this seat has a lot of leaders. You look at Tom Lantos, uh, what Tom has done uh, or was able to do. You look at Congressman Spears. So this is a, a revered uh, seat. I think it's going to need someone uh, who takes bold positions. I think I've done that on the Board of Supervisors. I think I've done that in the council. And that's why I have a number of endorsements from San Francisco County and San Mateo County. Um, it's why um, essential workers, especially the nurses, have endorsed me. And you look at United Food Commercial Workers, they've endorsed me. And they've endorsed me because um, I've taken chances, I've taken risks. Some have worked, some haven't. Uh, but I'd say a lot of them um, have worked out. Uh, we look at Community College for All, people said that could have never happened. Well, uh, serious, serious, serious conversation as the county put in uh, several million dollars uh, to help fund uh, Community College for All. And so, I'm running um, because I care about this community. I'm a fourth-generation San Mateo County resident. I've seen um, it become a county of the haves and the have-nots. And um, we need to get back to our ways, and we need to get back to um, uh, our middle class. And that's my my hope, finding upward mobility uh, for people to get into the middle class. Okay, let's get a little uh, personal on a personal crisis that we have not only in San Mateo County, but we have in the state of California as well as across the country. And that has to do with homelessness and drugs. Um, I was honored to serve on the homeless committee and doing the count recently. Um, What's your your ideas on the homeless problem that we have in the state of California as well as we got across the country? Because that slash goes into issues with drugs and mental illness. Yeah, look, I mean, 150,000 people go unhoused in the six wealthiest, uh, uh, if California was a state, California was a country um, throughout the world. So you think about that. I think what we're doing in San Mateo County is the right thing, right? I mean, uh, my good friend, John Sobrato, um, we're looking at getting to functional zero. So creating a navigation center, um, making sure that we invested in hotels, um, which we got through Project Home Key. In fact, the county was so ahead of it, $100 million was the award was going to be awarded throughout the state. We got $50 million. Phenomenal. Uh, but here's the deal. As I've gone across this district and I've talked with numerous folks, whether it's from East Palo Alto to Hillsborough to San Francisco, the big issue is, um, is their quality of life and how it affects them as well. And we have to be cognizant um, of that. We have to have compassion to serve uh, people, whether it's uh, you know mental health services uh, whether it's housing, we have to do that. San Mateo County, we believe we can get to functional zero in two years. Amazing. Uh, the issue is, though, now, is how do we make sure uh, that people feel safe in the communities they live in, and how do we make sure um, that we provide the housing so that people can get back on their feet? Great. Um, you know, another crisis that we have across this country um, is the rapid uh, problem with guns. Uh, some of these are assault weapons. Um, and we, we've had mass shootings all over the country, uh, whether it's in Las Vegas, whether it's in Florida, whether it's in Texas, whether it's in California or downtown San Jose. 
What's your position on gun control and what we should do? Well, look, I was personally sued by the NRA uh, when I was on the city council because they wanted to put a, a gun store um, right next to Jefferson High School. And so we partnered with Moms Demand Action, uh, the Gifford Center. Um, on a 3-2 vote, uh, we were able to uh, defeat the NRA and they sued me personally. Um, it is what it is. Um, one thing I realize is um, the assault rifle ban, um, when that was rescinded, um, we have a huge amount of issues throughout the United States, you know, whether it's Parkland, whether it's Sandy Hook. Um, I'm a proponent of um, strong gun control. want to make sure at the federal level, you know, we need to have a universal background check, a strong universal background check. Um, if we do not, um, you know, we're going to continue on this path of uh, people being killed uh, in a way um, that should never happen. And so uh, we need to get, pe get guns out of people's hands. Um, who provide a who provide a threat to themselves as well as to uh, others? Okay, I think you've kind of addressed that. But why don't we why don't we go into the issue of mental illness? Uh, mental illness seems to be a top priority for the homeless, and it also is a top priority for these people that are taking the assault rifles and killing hundreds and maybe um, more than enough people that to say we need to do something now. So how do we deal with mental? mental health in this country because apparently we're not doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think the way we do, deal with it is the way San Mateo County has dealt with it. We have behavioral health recovery services really trying to figure out um, through hot teams, through how, how do we reach out to folks, right? How do we make sure um, that we take a, a proactive stance? Um, as you know, the San Mateo uh, County Medical Center um, has um, a place uh, for those who are in crisis or in mental health. But we need to be proactive. The problem we have here is we talk about mental health in the private sector. It takes weeks and months to get an appointment at Kaiser for counseling. That should never, ever, ever happen. And so we need to make sure that we double down. If elected to Congress, one of the things that I'd like to do, um, I believe mental health and physical health are combined, but really ident identifying uh, for mental health tranches of money so that we can really go out, uh, go after this aggressively. The pandemic showed us a lot of things, especially the inequities that exist, but it showed us a lot about what mental health uh, can do to us as a country, a state, as a county, and we need to allocate more resources to help people. There's a program um, in San Mateo County, we've partnered with some cities, um, which is kind of partnership with the mental health situation. Um, are you familiar with the program? And, and the program is, yep. is, is a great program because it's an opportunity for the police to get some kind of support, especially when we're dealing with people of disabilities. Uh, and people with mental illness. Are you familiar with the program? Yeah, it, is, yeah, yeah. It's called, it? yeah, so I, I worked with Supervisor Horsley on it. It's called um, uh, the CIT team. And so as, actually, uh, we're partner with, partnering with the Garter Center on a, on a data subset. Um, there are certain cities, um, Daly City being one of them, uh, Redwood City, um, I believe it's San Mateo, uh, where we have people, if there are officers that see someone in crisis, we actually have a crisis intervention team, hence the name uh, CIT. So those are mental health uh, clinicians that can actually go on site um, or are called there and really can diffuse uh, situations that probably uh, police officers shouldn't be at. Um, I've talked with police officers, and uh, when it comes to folks, they know who in their community um, have mental health issues. 
um, they'd rather not take those calls. Um, and so giving uh, people the ability through uh, mental health clinicians to really give people hope and an avenue uh, to de-escalate um, a situation, but then a pathway um, after uh, to help that person is, uh, is probably um, the best approach. Okay, uh, you know, you mentioned on your website, your bio, you refuse to take money from corporations, yeah. corporations, special interest groups. Are you aware of any of your opponents taking money? Yeah, well, I, I made the pledge. Yeah, so my opponents have. Um, so um, they've taken corporate PAC money. You could look at the last one, uh, mostly from pharma. Um, and so, um, you know, for me, um, I decided not to do it because it's it's true to my values. I mean, I I don't want to work for the corporations, and I think what I want to do is to work for the people, um, and I've been doing that. And so I think when you have corporate PAC money involved, um, it's not good for democracy. Okay, uh, can you briefly talk about your position on climate control and try to distinguish between how you are different than some of your opponents? Uh, you mean climate change? Climate change. Yeah, so I think... Um, you know how our different. I think we're, we're we're we pretty run pretty much run on the on the same track. But my main difference is I'm the only candidate um, that has come out um, in support of the Green New Deal. I think um, I really believe that we have to invest in um, you know whether it's resiliency. Obviously, we have sea level rise. We have the one shore way, uh, but really from a federal level, have to create a new deal where we're investing in infrastructure. That even includes our parks, right? Connecting. Uh, parks um, together. Sometimes what I found out in public-private partnerships, um, certain communities have leverage because they're able to find private dollars while others aren't. And so what we want to do is to make sure uh, that uh, no matter what your zip code is and where you live, that you have the ability to have access to park. And as you know, I've served on the Bay Area Quality Management District. I got $22 million for uh, Caltrain. Um, I also sit on the Metropolitan Transportation Commission where we've gotten um, dollars uh, for Caltrain for the electrification. Okay, can I, I'm going to backtrack a little yeah. bit, and I don't normally yeah. do that, but I, I appreciate, you know, first of all, I had an opportunity to, to, to hear you speak before the yeah. uh, City Council in Daly City and your preservation yeah. of the seat in the hospital. Can you yeah. give me a little bit of an update of the situation there? Yeah, it, it's, 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 they're open, <laughs> and they're moving. Um, um, the hospital... Um, is, you know, obviously um, working in a good way and trying to, uh, you know, try and take care of patients. And they're about, I think, still about 800 employees. And so those employees continue to work extraordinarily hard to provide uh, great care. Um, administrations uh, change, uh, but the workers at seen uh, continue to provide uh, five-star um, uh, five effort and, and results for the community, and I'm proud of them. Sometimes the state of California is not always rewarded um, back there in the federal government. Um, we, we have issues with, with currently with housing and transportation. As an advocate for housing and transportation, how do you see that you can influence somebody back there uh, in the federal level to get better representation um, funding primarily yeah. for housing, for, the, for, for our housing crisis that we have in the state uh, and for the transportation issue that we have because we don't have a seamless transportation. Yeah, I think... And I know I gave you a lot of words, so I'm no, like... No, no, this is a good question. So on the, on the housing piece, um, Senator Padilla was talking about, uh, through a bill of putting, uh, you know, 6,500%, adding 65% more housing uh, to uh, to the state of California through funding. I think that's a good good plan. Now, here's, here's, here's the deal. we got to make sure 
that we get the housing there. We've got to make sure that they have the dollars. One of the things I'd, I'd like us to do is to really identify surplus property from counties and cities. Um, there's so much surplus properties through counties and cities um, where the city wants to develop the land, but they just don't have the money to do it. And I'd love to see that as a solution, using Padilla's bill to build housing. Transportation... Can I, can I yeah. just kind of... First of all, I appreciate that comment yeah. because I've, I've said that for over 20 years to the Board of Supervisors. Yeah. That's number one. Yeah. And number two, um, I quote an article in the Daily Journal that was in there about a couple of weeks ago yeah. where they identified 92 properties yeah. that were surplus in the county um, and the state. Um, yeah. that only three of them were reacted um, and David, is it correct that most of this property is in the unincorporated areas and some of the surplus areas where it could be next to the corridor transportation areas? Yeah, a lot of them, um, my understanding is um, uh, Caltrain, Samtrans, they have a lot of property um, that is sort of located, it's their property, it's located on the corridor. That's the best way, we talk about housing in San Mateo County. And this goes back to the Grand Boulevard plan. That's where housing should be. Um, and um, I've talked with our um, city manager. We're actually looking at um, some sites right now, and I'm really excited about, to create um, housing and workforce housing. And so those conversations are, are really taking place. But if we're able to take all the surplus property and to, to have that federal seed money, because the end of the day is it's about driving the, the tranches of money um, well, the easiest thing, yeah. that we, uh, as a real yeah. estate broker, 50% yeah. of your cost is your land. So yeah. if we have the land, the state can be uh, a really good facility to do that. So yeah. I appreciate your passion for workforce housing because definitely it seems to be the theme that what we're doing on housing right now is we're building more apartments, and that's not building housing for ownership. So yeah. somehow we got to look at that a little bit differently. Good point. Yeah. Okay, um, briefly, you know, um, we talk about your, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's on the news, whether it's in the Fox News or it's CNN or local Channel 7 or Channel 2. Yeah. We talk about the divide between the income and the eroding middle class. I mean, we, we have, we're in the midst of Silicon Valley. We have high-end salaries. We have real estate off the charts. How do you think we can do a better job um, of... Uh, bridging the gap between the middle class and the lower middle class and making it a little bit easier for them either from home ownership or opportunity for jobs? Well, the bottom line is you've lived it and I've lived it. I've seen it. Um, you know, my my father was a chauffeur. Um, they worked at Bank of America. My mom worked at Bank of America. And the bottom line is, um, the bottom line is, uh, there are people, friends I grew up with that can't afford to live here. They just can't. So they're in either uh, Stockton, Antioch, Mountain House, what we need to do is we need to make sure that we create opportunities identifying housing through transportation corridors, identify housing in other areas uh, where people can, can live. Now, here's the thing, right? The housing is important, but local control is important too in deciding what that housing should be at times. And um, I'm cognizant. I'm aware of that. Um, I get it. Um, but really, I think at the end of the day is, um, you know, how do we identify spaces? And I think the transportation corridors are the best way to do that. You know, when we talked about housing and we talked about homelessness, there's two bills that uh, Senator Weiner eventually was able to pass, and that's SB9 and SB10. Yeah. Um, what's your take on this? Do you think they're going to be successful, or do you think it's just uh, a way to say we're trying? I don't know if I'm... 
you know, SB9, SB10, I, there, there should have been a little bit more iterations. It should have been teased out a little bit more uh, because what ended up happening is uh, you ended up creating just a ton of acrimony amongst, um, you know, local, uh, local government and state government. And so, and that's why you see what's happening um, across the state. Um, my, my, what I suggest, what I suspect is going to happen is that SB9 or SB10 may come back uh, before the legislator um, and, and there may be amendments. I don't know what those amendments uh, look like. I have no idea. Uh, but I, as I go on this campaign trail, um, I hear people who are in support of SB9 and SB10 and I hear people who are against SB9 and SB, SB10. Okay, uh, let's assume um, for a minute you're, you're back in Washington and you've been elected. Um, right now we hear across the country from Fox and CNN and most of the TV about the political divide. How do you feel? Because um, um, you really haven't had an opportunity to be back there. Uh, yeah. how, how can we bridge that gap of uh, partisanship that seems to be um, on social media? Uh, the political rhetoric is, is ugly. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. You know, I'm not going to be disingenuous to you. Um, you know, the the right answer is um, we're going to all get along and hold hands and, and sing Kumbaya. And I'm sure the people you've interviewed said, hey, look, I, they want to heal uh, wounds between Republicans and, and Democrats. Um, but I will tell you this. I mean, I'd like to do that, too. Um, but that's about as um, accomplishable as seeing pigs fly across this window here. Here's the deal. You have certain fringe members. Not all of them. You have certain fringe members. Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of them. That constantly lie, that say the insurrection didn't happen, who don't believe in vaccines, who don't believe in public health. No matter what you say to them. Now, there's a difference being friendly to them and talking to them. But to really think that they're going to come our way, highly, highly, highly unlikely. And I'm, I'm aware of that. Um, but there may be some Republicans that fall in that little squishy middle area where you can work with on issues. I think one of the best relationships in politics was Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. problem we have in D.C. is that members go home all the time and members play to a base. Social media may be responsible for that. Um, I don't know. Um, but we really need to get down to understanding each other, understanding, um, you know, family. You know, I've always was amazed. I'm not saying Ronald Reagan was the best president. But what I'm saying is I was amazed that him and the, the speaker, who was a Democrat, and the liberal Democrat from Massachusetts, were able to work together. I think a lot of us would like to see us get back to that place. Well, you know, this brings me to my next question, and I think you really mm -hmm. said it. On, in January 6th, we had the, what we call the insurrection back in Washington, D.C. How do you feel about it, and what do you think should be done? It's a threat to democracy. Literally, you had people on, on the Capitol causing mayhem and chaos. Death, violence, that's something... That's an affront to our Constitution. When someone does that, and then we find out through text that there are agitators who are in the Republican Party saying, oh, it's okay. Hey, we, you know, and we have a president, President Trump, basically saying, um, you, know, you know, just creating an environment of chaos. 
an environment of fear. I can only imagine if you're a congressperson and you see, and even the workers there, you see all of this, you think, God, this isn't the America we want or this isn't the American America of the past. And so um, whenever you see anything, you have to call it out, shout out. Those people need to be held accountable. Um, those people need to go to jail. Um, and those people need to, um, you know, they need to pay the price for what they did. And um, as a democracy, we cannot let those things go because the world is watching us. And remember, the world watched that embarrassing incident um, where people who didn't accept an election. And usually, they give you the um, Al Gore, George Bush. When the Al Gore, George Bush election happened, it was really, really close. But for the good of the country, the good of the country, Al Gore conceded. Because it was bigger than him, it was bigger than the Democratic Party. The insurrection was an embarrassment, and it should never happen again. Okay, let's, let's consider for another moment that you've been elected to the office, and you've been invited by the president to sit in the Situation Room. How do you think the president is currently handling the war in Ukraine? Look, um, I had said initially um, you know, that we should look at potentially a no-fly zone. Now, I, I don't think that's the case. I think um, the way the administration is handling it right now um, is good. Got to look at technology. So you got to look at the javelin. You got to look at um, the various missiles. Um, it's not lost on me uh, the history of um, you know what what's ha what happened in World War Two or World War One. Uh, what we're doing with um, our military hardware and other. You know, other other equipment has really helped the Ukrainians. Obviously, you saw that when the um, submarine was, or the, the ship, the Russian ship was um, was sunk. So, um, I understand what the administration is doing. I really don't like war, um, to be quite frank with you. Um, but I don't think we can trust uh, Putin. Um, and I, I think it's someone. Um, you know, Putin said yesterday that it was a it's a proxy war. Um, I think right now we're in a position. You have Poland now. He's cut off energy to Poland um, and other European countries. Wants them to pay in rubles. So the economic sanctions are obviously working. Um, and so I think right now it's just all about diligence. And I would just tell uh, President Biden, continue to get the equipment they need uh, to fight them up. Because it's in our interest, but it's also in our strategic interest. You know, the UN has been challenged quite a bit. The two countries, Sweden and Finland, are deciding yeah. on whether to join the UN. How can we make a stronger UN? And do you think the Unitedness, we don't want to go back to this similar crisis has been um, categorized as what would happen, what had happened in World War II with, uh, with Poland. And as you know, recently, um, yeah. uh, the Polish gas line has been shut down. Yeah. So, what can we do um, to make a better UN or a stronger European country? Look, the United Nations is, plays a very, very important role, right? I mean, it is essentially, and I, I've been married to a diplomat for the last 13 years. She's the Consul General of El Salvador. So, I understand uh, dialogue and diplomacy. So, UN has, definitely has a, a place in the world. Um, I think the one thing we're really beginning to realize is that so does NATO, right? NATO, in terms of... Uh, you know, the protection and the unitedness of Europe um, really, 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 really um, has been advantageous for, for all of us, especially in a situation like this. This is an unjust war. Uh, people are being killed. 
I mean, now I've, I've read 15,000 Russian soldiers have died. So um, basically sacrificing their own soldiers for what? And, and, and that, that's the thing. I mean, no one wants to go to war. It's an unnecessary, unjust uh, war. Uh, but these relationships, um, the UN and NATO, and they operate differently. Uh, NATO relationship is a is a critical uh, critical relationship and partnership. Okay, I want to take a moment before we close for yep. you to brag about yourself a little bit, and also to give some idea where people can help you out when sure. you volunteer. So this is your moment to brag a little bit, yeah, um, and also say what what you're going to do for the people and how they how do they reach out to you? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, first of all, let me just say thank you for the interview. Um, second of all. Um, bragging um, um, sometimes that could be tough but for me I find a way not kidding not kidding I'm kidding um, bottom line is look our campaign's going well it's people powered I'm proud of that I'm proud of all the young people who are involved in our campaign I'm proud of um, people um, who like myself aren't that young we have a lot of people across the spectrum who are walking who are making phone calls who are doing all those things and uplifting me um, and so if you want to get involved, please, um, you know, contact us. Um, you can reach out um, to uh, volunteer at 415-513-9410 or at uh, david at davidcanapa.com. Well, on behalf of Podcast by the Day, I want to take, thank you for the opportunity to interview. I wish you the best of luck in the June primary. Thanks again, David. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Wow, 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 wow